Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught and get ready to launch your mind into an entirely new reality. If you've always felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Get comfortable, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let your host, Adam R. Walton, expand your horizons. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. This is going to be mind-bending. Time to think. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. I have today, again, a fantastic little treat for you guys. Ever since I did the split, and I know everybody's upset that I've done the split, but ever since I did the split, and you, by all means, you can feel free to head over. The, it, it, we're found everywhere, almost on iHeartRadio. Not quite yet. T-M-M-A, conspiracy, all one word. That is where you're going to find the conspiracy stuff and the more egregious stuff. This is where you're going to find the mind-melding stuff, the business stuff, the connecting stuff, the, the stuff that makes you want to get up in the morning. Because the conspiracy stuff, you'll get lost in that. And I love it to pieces because it helps people wake up. But it isn't something that we need to get wrapped up in. That being said, like I said, after the split, we're going to have some great stuff. We're going to have some great guests. We're going to have some amazing talent. Today, we have with us one of the biggest names in radio for a small period of time. A fantastic individual in, I guess you want to say online business. He's a bit aloof. A bit of a guy, but he's got a podcast with over 20 million followers. I'm probably making that up. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please allow me to introduce Tony G. Tony Grebmeyer. Tony G, welcome to the show. Even though we're not on video, you're not wearing a hat. I'm not wearing a hat, which is one of the things very rarely people ever see me without these days. Well, I feel privileged. Uh, this, this whole hair thing, you know, I never knew you had it. After all the, the pictures and videos that I've seen, that's, that's, that's a hat. So you and I came together uh, through a friend of a friend. Uh, no, just through a friend, through, through a maestro, Justin. And a great program, ladies and gentlemen. I'll plug it later when they start offering us money. Oh, no, wait, they did that too. All right, good. Um, your claim to fame, your, your biggest hurrah, your, you know, the thing that makes you wake up in the morning and just be super excited. When we had said earlier before we started the show, you were talking about networking. You were talking about connecting with people. Throw a little bit about that at us, with, with a little bit about business, a little bit about connecting with people, a little bit about how to get to where you want to go from where you are. Well, and we'll get imagine, into, go ahead. imagine we had a turntable and we could, we could rewind the, the, the record and take the needle off for just a second. You, you gotta, I have to add context because it allows me to kind of understand where I'm at so I can get to where I want to go. Sure. 11 and a half years ago, I was a million dollars in debt, uh, separated from my wife, um, my kids kind of knew their dad, my business partners didn't know if I was going to show up or not. And my life was, let's just say a 480 credit score. It wasn't where it needed to be. And I was hiding out. I wasn't playing all the way where I could be. And this, um, was, I was, this was 11 years ago, you said? Yeah, a little over 11 and a half years ago. So October 9, 2008 is when my world flipped forever. Um, I tried to commit suicide. So hmm. in that moment of like wanting to take my life because everything I kind of wanted, um, I didn't want anymore. Um, somebody knocked on my door and forever has saved my life and given me hope and showed me some things that I didn't know was possible. 
um, which was there was way to do it differently than taking your own life. There was opportunities to get help. And so I, I literally opened the door and he gave me a big hug and he says, you know, Tony, your life has meaning and purpose, but what you're doing right now doesn't. And he proceeded to talk to me for about 45 minutes and opened my mind and to some things. And um, one thing led to another. I put all my stuff down and I listened and then he laughed and I was like, shit, like, I guess I'm supposed to live. Now what am I going to do? And um, a couple of days later, my pastor buddy, uh, Brandon, came by and shared some stuff with me and shared vision. And that's what I didn't have in my life. I didn't have any vision. I grew up in a, a somewhat of a normal home. I was above above average kid with below average grades. And I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I just knew that I wanted to be around people. So take all of this stuff, put it in a Vitamix, my four different backgrounds of religion, born into a Jewish household, lived with my dad who was Catholic, lived with a Christian family who happens to be my business partner today, and then married a non-practicing Mormon. We put it in a Vitamix and hit puree and we just came to believe there's got to be something bigger out there than what I was living. And, uh, so safe to say I didn't die. I'm here today. It's not, this is not a Luke Skywalker ghost. Um, you know, uh, my wife and I have been able to figure out how to repair our marriage, uh, get out of debt, raise our two boys and spend a lot of quality time, you know, having fun together. And this wasn't what was possible for me, um, 11 and a half years ago. And then I got sober and got clean, got off drugs and been able to stay sober and clean off drugs ever since. So we were, yeah. we were going to touch on that. We were definitely, I wanted to get into that for sure. Um, you, 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 you hijacked the meeting and I like that. You know, I was, I was leading this summer, but you took it right back to, right back to the roots, which is what I was going to get into. Um, you know why I do that? Sure. There's only one way to live life in my eyes, deep connection right off the bat. I like, I'm not here to sugarcoat the shit. I'm here to tell you how it is because I've been through enough to know that <laughs> for you and me to bond, that's how you and I bonded. Yeah. And that's how I build my relationship. Sometimes my, my buddy says, it's kind of like sex. Like you didn't use lube. You went hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, I was going to, I was going to ease the audience in, but uh, yeah, cause you know, you don't want to open a session with, Hey, I didn't kill myself. You know, uh, you want to, you definitely, normally you want to lay that out there, but these guys, my audience, uh, they're ready for that stuff. Half of them probably have thought about it for sure. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, probably a reason again, why you and I did bond so well, because we've all been there. Um, you know, not we've all, you and I have both been there. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's not something that is overly talked about uh, unless it's brought up. Um, but you can't launch, you can't, you really can't step off until you've bounced, until you've hit that dead cat bounce. You've, I found that I tried, I would fall and I would crawl and I would claw and I would try to get back up. But until I hit my own proverbial rock bottom, and from there was able to use both my legs and launch back up. Uh, I was just tricking myself and I was just lying all the way down, um, bouncing, deflecting, hiding, like you said, you know, so it is, it is, uh, it is good. We've backed this up again. So we're going to get into the networking a little bit later. Let's talk about the psychology of how you did it, how you took yourself from literally hitting the ground. Like you said, you were about to commit suicide and then you, came to it. You're like, oh, well, I guess I have to live now. I got to figure it out. What, what do you think was there? Because one, pe one thing that I want to convey in this topic and in this realm is that there is no one thing that's like, I'm going to, uh, this is it. You know, this, the stars aligned and, and now I'm fine. It's all the little things, but there is that switch inside you that says it's different. And from there, you're able to, in my opinion, take those steps and make those moves. 
It's important that you have the relationship with your wife. What came before the relationship with your wife? What did you do inside you to get that back with her? Ah, I mean, Adam, it's, it's a great question. I mean, the only thing that you really need to know is like, I wasn't working on myself. I was giving my oxygen to everybody else. I was paying attention and loving on everyone. And I wasn't giving me the attention and time I needed to go through wounds that I had as a kid, things that I never overcame, things that I just kind of swept under the rug. And you know, if you sweep enough stuff under the rug, you got a pile of you know what. And that's what I was left with. And so you asked the question, like, what did I really, really do? I finally got honest. And I looked at the person in the, in the mirror and said, hey, you know what? I don't understand that guy, but we got work to do. And I know that I'm going to get to the point where I like that guy. And it took me a long time to really begin that process. And, you know, there's a thousand ways to get drunk. There's a thousand ways to get high, but there was only one way that worked for me. And that was walking into a program and getting help. And I needed somebody to walk through life who had gone through it and, and could show me a way out. And so I work a program today that, you know, on a daily basis, I have uh, people that I talk to that guide me and teach me and, and show me a path. So, um, and that path is one way and one way only open, honest, you know, willing communication and connection. And so that's why I build deep with everybody I know, um, you know, but ask your question, like I couldn't, I couldn't help my wife until I was willing to help myself. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at there. I mean, you gave, obviously you tried to give a short answer, but you gave a great long, long, you gave the answer that we needed, you know, not the answer that we wanted. <laughs> I love what I love about that is, is there are people out there right now uh, on this topic and on this, on this internal bend, there are people that can't, they can see the end. They can see what it's like to be free. I mean, they see it. They see their friends that don't appear to be, you know, upset or lost or anything like that. Um, but they don't know how to take that first step. Um, I think, like I said, there is no one monumental thing that changes. And you and I went different routes on this. You went through the, through the meetings and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I went through hell alone. Uh, but th that's just to say that there are two, these are two different, very different stories that had very similar outcomes. Um, you can do it alone and you can do it with help. You just have to want to do it. And that applies to getting yourself out of a suicidal funk. That applies to hitting a target in the, the market that you're in that applies to properly taking a shower in the morning, you know? Um, <laughs> I did that. I did do that today. <laughs> that's a plus. That's a plus. I went by, I went by a park today. Uh, I walked by a park. That's it. You know, I had to do that. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, as yeah, but ladies and gentlemen, that is a, a pre, a pro, a proclivity and prequel. We were speaking earlier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, the good thing I learned in radio, you just move forward. Don't even pause for the cause. Just keep going forward. Just, like, just no one will go. really pay attention. Eat the mic and just go. Yes. Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, has to do with the uh, conspiracy theory topics of these things. I just uploaded a quick clip. Uh, I'm going to plug myself because it's kind of fun plugging yourself. I've never had something where I've had to plug myself, right? And I refuse to plug other people that I don't believe in. So I'll, like, there's, I won't plug guests. I'll plug you. You seem like a nice guy. But uh, yeah, today, today's good. Today's good. Uh, TMA, TMMA conspiracy on Instagram. A new video went up because I walked by a park, ladies and gentlemen. I walked by a park. There's a video. So that being said, if you could give advice to the soul of anyone sitting there going, what is next? What am I going to do? I know there's more. Do you have, and this is a big on the spot question, but do you have one piece of here think about this 
Yeah, I mean, I do. But I would, I would tell any individual listening right now, I'm not a licensed medical practitioner. I don't have any medical advice. I have just life experience that I went through. Um, I want to, I want to preface it because I think it's really important to make sure. I think, um, I think just after your an addendum to your preface is ladies and gentlemen, you should hold Tony accountable for what he's about to say. 100%. <laughs> Thank you. The, um, you know, the number one thing is I was hopeless, but I knew that I had opportunity to turn it around if I really had a desire. And that was something that I, I lacked without somebody holding up a mirror and showing me my reflection and say, you matter and it's possible. Mm-hmm. And that what I've come to believe is that every person matters and that everybody has the possibility to, to turn anything around, any, anything. It doesn't matter how bad I've, I've, I've seen personally firsthand people who've gone to prison and turned their life around. I've seen people who have had affairs and turned their life around. I have seen people um, bankrupt, turn their life around. So no matter what you're going through, I'm not minimizing it. I'm here to say like, you know what, this too shall pass, but are you willing to do the hard work? Because the hard work is what's necessary to fix most things. Most people want the band-aid, the drive-through, the quick fix, the microwave. Hey, it's instant. Let's fix it. And, and I'm going to tell you, we're not making instant oatmeal. But what is going to happen is, is that you can work a little bit each day and have somebody like myself be by your side to walk with you. That's what I was lacking in my life was somebody who was clear, open, willing, and saying, hey, look, I've done this. Let's do this together. Because so many of us isolate and hide out in shame because we feel like we are the only one that is experiencing and going through what we're going through. And for, for probably a better lack of words, you are probably the only one going through what you're going through right now. But I will promise you that there is somebody that's gone through something much worse than what you are going through and that are out there willing to work with you and help you and guide you and love you because there are a lot of amazing human beings out there in the world. And so when I, when I was at my lowest of lows, I made one phone call and I called my friend on the phone and I said, Hey, I, I need help. I need to go to a meeting. He said, I'll pick you up tomorrow. And I said, fine. And the next day I, I got to a meeting and I, I got to hear my disease speak to me. And at the end I was scared. I said, please don't tell my wife. Don't tell anybody about the hell I'm going through. And he says, no, that's your journey. I'm just here to support you. Mm-hmm. And I needed somebody to tell me those words because what I realized is later in my program, when I walked through it and I got to a certain step and I got to bear my soul and tell everything that I'd gone through, you know, there's that me too movement that has been around for a couple of years, but it was for me was the me too was I've been through that. And thank you for sharing. I want to let you know that you're not alone. And those were the words that I needed to hear over and over as like, Yes, I've done that too. This is how I got out of it. This is what I suggest is something you could do too. And little by little, day by day, and everybody wants instant. They buy a lottery ticket hoping they'll win. And if they don't win, they quit. And I'm here to tell you, never stop scratching. Like You have this internal desire for to be phenomenal. And I definitely can sit and talk to any individual about whatever situation they're going through and offer a suggestion or put them in touch with somebody who can help them. That's what I've become uh, and really tried to master over the last 11 years is trying to surround myself with tools. I didn't have any tools before. I'd show up to the job with no tools. And if you've ever gone to a construction yard, if you show up to do a job and you don't have any tools, guys looking around going, what the hell are you going to build? So today I'm armed with tools and facts and ways of living and seeing enough people go through um, transformation. Uh, And so to answer your question, Adam, 
the only thing people really, really need to know is like, never quit on a bad day. Yeah. Never quit on a bad day. Don't go shopping when you're hungry and never quit on a bad day. Um, the, the advice that you give there is, is phenomenal. Uh, and, and, um, it's much needed, uh, for a lot of reasons, for a lot of things, because that is, that is one of the biggest things. I mean, even in business, business and personality, it's like, uh, as a coach, you know, when you are coaching people, you know, people, especially people that want to be other coaches and that sort of thing, they, the, the biggest question that they have and the biggest statement that most people make is why would anybody listen to me? And that's something that is unanimous with everybody that starts out as a coach. Um, and you realize that everybody that is coaching is relatively roughly preaching the same message and saying the same thing. Um, and, and you can hear the same message and hear the same thing over and over and over again, but it comes down to delivery. So you're only going to take it in when it comes from somebody that for whatever reason you resonate with. I'm saying all this because the humanity that goes into, uh, you know, pulling yourself up, you can try and try and try and try, but until your, your, your systems align, you're, you're going to flip and flop, I think. Um, and, and for you, you know, understanding that, you know, nobody's going to rat you out or nobody's going to say anything, all the stuff that's inside your head, all the stuff that's inside anyone's head as they suffer through any kind of, you know, debilitating addiction is that, um, you know, you think that you're alone and, and knowing that you're not alone uh, is a phenomenal one. Well, you- you know, Adam, we're all addicted to something. Of course, period, right? Um, one of the one of the quotes I live by, and I I, I simply love the the genius behind it. So anybody listening today, uh, try to do a little bit of uh, investigating yourself on this. It's uh, from Buckminster Fuller. It says, "You never change things by fighting against the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the old model obsolete." And so what was the old Tony is gone. Now, anybody who knows me knows that at the time of getting kind of clean and and sober, uh, I was 37 years old. So 48, right? And the old Tony is still there every single day trying to apply a little pressure. Come on, come back. Let's have some fun. Let's go up a couple of beers. Won't hurt couple joints, life will be good, pop some pills, have some fun. And so every day I have to work against that. And so I play a little game where I'm like one day stronger than I was yesterday. And I do that every single day to the day I'm going to get to, if everything goes according to the upstairs plan, get past 37 years sober and beat that old spirit into oblivion and still know I have to fight every single day. Because that's the plan that I've had to devise in my head right? Because it's all a game. I had to shift from my head into my heart. Because if I live in my head, I'm a piece of crap. I'm no good. Um, I have a laundry list of things that I could tell you about myself. But when I live and operate from my heart, I'm actually a really good person trying my best today to be a good friend, a good husband, a, a good father, a good business partner, somebody who's really trying to make a difference in the world. So my head tells me I'm not those things. My heart tells me I am. And you can choose where you want to live. So I had, to, I had to make the shift and the shift is what everybody has available to them is to make a shift wherever you're at in your life. One of the, uh, one of the last posts I made um, on, on the Instagram, uh, on the, the old Instagram, uh, there's a quote that I absolutely adore. And if you're not religious, ladies and gentlemen, remove the religious tones from it. But this quote is simple. The devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. 
God knows your sins, but he calls you by your name. And what this, to me, if you take, again, if you take the religion out of it and you look at this as when you are at your worst, you're calling yourself the terrible things. When you are the devil that you are, you're calling yourself by your sin. You druggie, you drunk, you bastard, you this, you that. When you're at your best, you're ignoring your sins and calling yourself by your name. And why that's important is because the good and the evil that runs in everyone, in every scenario, in every situation, there is opportunity for both. What I found interesting in what you just said is that you have to fight every, not necessarily fight, but you're aware every day of who you were pre-37 years old. Another thing I took from that is that you were 37 when you went sober, as was I. I'm just a little bit younger than you. Clearly not as good looking though. So the interesting thing about that is you're not the only one. There's a lot of people that I know that turned to sobriety at 37. 37 seems to be an interesting number. And I don't know much about numbers. I'm, I'm not a number conspiracy theorist, but I know one. We can get them on the phone. So I don't know what, I don't know what the significance of 37 is, but it's out there. Um, and it's, it's a shift. It's a, mind, it's a mind shift that takes place. I myself, I think, I don't know what it was with me or, or my shift or how it worked or how I played it out, but what I was able to do was to quit altogether. I no longer believed in addiction. I, I believed it was a lie. I believed I was manipulated into it, uh, into believing it. And because I believed it, it became real. Uh, when I quit cigarettes, it was, I just quit cold turkey. I just, just stopped smoking. I didn't go through withdrawals. I didn't have any of this stuff. I'm also writing a book on that, on how to actually do that, how to actuate that part of your brain. But the interesting thing is I, I don't fight every day. Like to me, it doesn't make any sense. I have friends that, have, that are sober, uh, that, that you see them uh, and they're drinking like a, a, a Bex or a Heineken zero alcohol or whatever. And I think to myself, I, 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 I ask them, I say things to them to just sort of like think about it. But having a non-alcoholic beer to me is like having a nicotine free cigarette. What's the point? You know, what's, what's the point in, 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 in living in the lifestyle that has you wanting to consume what you once wanted, i.e. a beer right now. See, I switch, I used to drink Coors Light, so maybe it was easier for me. So I switched from Coors Light to sparkling water. I only drink sparkling water. Matter of fact, I'm going to have a sip right now. It's delicious. Ah, and that's on air. I could pull that out. I probably will. But then again, I might forget. So if you heard that, it's because I'm lazy, ladies and gentlemen. Um, well, I mean, I, I think Adam, one of the one of the things to look at, right? The, you know, I have no dimmer switch. I'm all in or I'm all out. Mm -hmm. That's that's why I said everybody's addicted to something, right? So for me, um, I'm much better to be aware of what could potentially take me out than not to pay attention to it all and just like, yeah, you know, because when the moment happens and my head's in a vice and I'm a, being applied a lot of pressure and something's going on, my knee-jerk reaction is to go back to what was always a habit. It's just my knee-jerk reaction. A pill will fix it. A drink will fix it. A nightclub will fix it. A, a game of cards will fix it. Whatever it is, it's going to fix the feeling that I have because I'm not feeling good enough in that moment. And so what I've learned to do is properly arm myself with some facts mm -hmm. just about who I am as a human being and like how I show up. The, the simple fact is, is like what works for you may not work for me. And what I'm saying may not work for you. 
That's right. But the, the great fact and reality for, for all of us is, is that there is a, a design for living and I'm truly living my best design for living and everybody gets to live their own. And I like that. I liked that we had the opportunity to, to basically be relatively at the same spot, but have taken two completely different roads to get here. Now, I shouldn't say two different repair roads. Like we both drove off the same cliff. We, yes. one just, you just went right and I went left and we, when we started coming back off the cliff. <laughs> I did almost try to drive off a cliff one night. I remember coming home from a friend's house and I was like, screw this, dude. I'm just going to drive off the cliff. And I, I remembered in the middle of my kind of like, Maybe I should just take my life. It was one of those other times. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just remember like, I just couldn't do that. I just couldn't steer the wheel that direction. It's fascinating. It's, it's, it, it's a fascinating thing. Um, what goes through the mind that people don't even address this. Like we, we can sit here and we can talk about what it's like to feel like I want to do it, but people, the idea, the simple fact that you can sit there with that memory in your head of, I was driving home one night and literally all I had to do was this, and off she goes. You know, there is, there's no solution. There's no answer. There's no right. There's no wrong. There's no anything other than the ability to observe that scenario. And everybody wants to say, you should have done this. You can do this. Everybody wants to come at you when you talk about this, for the most part, they want to come at you with an answer with a, you could have, you would have, you should have this ego driven state that the majority of us live in eliminates the ability to get the answers that we need, I find. Uh, and somebody once said to me, living in the answer versus living in the question. When you live in the answer, when you're, for me, when I was in the same state that you were in, I was miserable because I had the answers. I knew what was going to happen. I knew where I was going to go. I knew what the result was. I knew there's no point in even trying because this is dumb. I've already ruined this. And all of my knowledge was based on douchebaggery. And, 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 and shit and, you know, shit shows, but it was, it was factual knowledge to me. I know that this is going to happen. I know that these people think this of me. I know that I think this of me and whether or not it was true or not to the rest of the world, to me at that time, it was true, which meant that the actions that I was going to follow up with were also true. So there's no, there was no rhyme or reason to, um, there was no rhyme or reason to uh, a truth at the time. It was just me living definitively in my answers. When I said to myself, I was like, mm, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe this isn't that, maybe this isn't. That. And then when, again, when you take the alcohol out of it, when you actually get like 60 days sober, things start to change big time. But that first 60 days for me was, was interesting, you know? And then afterwards it was very interesting. So all of the things that you think you're thinking are 100% true, except for when you, like you said, add new knowledge. Knowledge alleviates anxiety. If you know what's coming, you're not going to be anxious. If you're unaware of what's up next, then the anxiety fills the room. And if you live your life hiding from everybody or afraid that they're going to find out about something, you're living an anxious life. And the anxiety is, is one of the biggest killers one of the biggest side effects I found to, uh, to having an addictive lifestyle. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> this, this is a venting, uh, a venting uh, podcast here. We Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. Uh, two guys <laughs> that's sober giving you an opportunity to look into our minds. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's where it is. You know, obviously, I said to you before we went live that you're probably going to be a recurring guest. Uh, we're not even going to talk about business here. There's no point. Uh, you know, we've, we've I like got, business though. Yeah, yeah, we'll get you on. I, another, like another I got out of a million dollars in debt and turned my ship around, right? Like, and and realized that I was going in the wrong direction because I wasn't focused on where I wanted to go. I was focused on living somebody else's dream. Yeah, right. When you stop, when you stop pretending to be the person that you think society needs you to be, you can start being yourself. What, let's talk about that, actually. You know what? You just, yeah, again, you hijacked it again. You said, oh, you know what? Let's jump into the business. A million dollars in debt. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, a um, million dollars is not a lot of money right now. Uh, it was a lot of money 10 years ago, and it was certainly a lot of money uh, during the time that it led up to you going that far in debt. Can you shed a little light on how long it took you to rack up that kind of debt? Or what that was like, but you know, if you if you don't want to dive into into that, I like the idea of being able to show people a, a real solid platform, and nobody just wakes up one morning accidentally a million dollars in debt. Well, I had a really good role model growing up, so uh, my father, um, <laughs> yeah. God rest his soul, he's going to be gone um, six years tomorrow when we're recording the show. So, um, you know, I, I watched my dad. Um, live a, a really nice lifestyle. Um, but what I realized was behind the scenes, he was trying to rub two nickels together to make a dollar and uh, living beyond his means. And so what did you do? You emulated what you saw. And so I saw that and I didn't know the story behind it. And then quietly, my mom, parents divorced when I was like three months old, worked three jobs and had zero debt. And paid off both houses that she lives in and travels between the Europe and here every six months and on a school teacher salary. So I'm watching my dad on one end, have all this money, drive nice cars, live in a nice house, you know, producer of the Miss California pageant, you know, doing a lot of cool things. But the reality was it was just kind of the front. Um, he was, he was, business was bankrupt, you know, multiple times. And so the person that I was following for a lack of better words, just didn't know better. My mom on the other hand always told me cash is king. Like you get cash, man. You, you, you're, you're, you're like high, like you're like up there, you know, like, and so when, um, remember it was about 14 years ago, my dad kind of called me and, and, uh, I didn't know what was going on in my dad's life. And I didn't talk to my dad a lot because every time I talked to him, he was drunk. Um, because I obviously knew he was drinking his problems away. Right. And that's the easiest way to deal with your problems is just fucking compound it and make it worse. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and my dad never woke up really with a hangover that I ever saw. I, I always say my dad was really actually kind of quite healthy. He had a vitamin concoction every morning and popped multiple vitamins and, you know, woke up ready to go. And, uh, he called me and he says, you know, um, I screwed up. I said, well, tell me a little bit about it. And he told me, and I said, all right. I said, um, you know, I live in LA, you live in San Francisco. I said, I'll figure it out. Let me try to get your stuff on a truck. I'll get you to come live with me and my wife and our two, two small children. I said, just come be with us. And I, I paid about $40,000 in bills and moving expenses and got him out of debt and get him to live with us. And he lives with us for Rockland for like two and a half, three years. If that, maybe a little, little less, but I didn't realize it. My, my dad was already beginning to have dementia. So I got to watch my dad progressively get worse. 
And that's what ultimately led uh, dementia and Alzheimer's took his life really, really young. I think he was 73 when he passed. That's a, that's a pretty young age, right, to, to die. <clears throat> but then quietly on the other end of the spectrum was my mom. And I remember my mom was the person who 12-stepped me, who really got me to wake up and say I had a problem. She got the, the, the day that I went home and called my buddy earlier in that day, my mom had talked to me for 44 minutes and I kept saying, no, 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 I got this. Mom, I got this. I can figure this out. I'll get myself out. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do that. And it was at the 45-minute mark where I said I needed help. <clears throat> and then that ultimately was the foundation work that I needed to play to figure out how to get out of this debt that I had gotten into. So when we moved to Colorado from California um, on July 3rd, of 2010, I was on the phone with my mom and I had a hundred and some odd thousand dollar Mercedes that I was leasing that I had exchanged from a previous car that was a $250,000 lease. And my payments were like, I think 2,800 on the one car, then the next car was like $1,900 or 1,700 bucks and I couldn't afford it. And I remember talking to my mom and I said, uh, hey, I just wanna let you know, I went to the dealership and I gave them the car back. And she says, how do you feel? And I said, well, you can't bleed a turnip any more than that's been bled. So I feel pretty good. And I handed the guy the keys and he goes, you can't do this. And I said, well, come find me. There's nothing that you can get from me. I have nothing to give other than I'm giving you a car back in really good shape. 10 years later, that never showed up in my credit report. So the act was the beginning of the acknowledgement for me, which was knowing better, doing better and beginning the process of uncovering the mess. Did you just say that you broke a lease and it never showed up on your credit report? That is absolutely correct. That is something that I wanted to touch on as well. Uh, I love that that came up just simply because <clears throat> we are, we live in a, in, in a realm of fear control. I don't know if anybody's turned the news on lately, but there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, and it's funny because you know, you, you could have been sitting there prior to talking to your mother and been like, I can't return the car. I owe X amount of dollars. I signed a piece of paper. I've got this. I've got that. And the fear of what they'll do to you or what could happen to you would prevent you from doing what you did. And then to say, you know, I just walked in and gave them back the keys. I, I drove the car up, dropped the, dropped the thing off and just walked off into the sunset. Like I, was I did. I walked off about two miles and my wife picked me up and then we drove to Colorado. Yeah. And, and people will be like, I can't do that. That can't be done. So the, the, for them to be able to hear right now that you just walked out of a lease and said, go ahead, come at me. Like, that's the thing. So many people are, are, are living in a fear lockdown. And, and that's not just a lease, but the lease is just such a beautiful thing because every single thing that you tell yourself inside your head becomes your limitation. Whatever you think is a thing becomes an, another link in your chain that's keeping you oh. tethered to the wall. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's why I love the word fear, right? The, some of the meetings you hear is false evidence appearing real. I say, fuck everything and run. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. the the whole idea is, is fear is crippling. Yeah. Fear in a good way. Um, yeah. There's some things you can fear, right? I, you know, I fear knowing that um, I'm not in a hundred percent control when I jump into an airplane after nine 11, I wouldn't fly. I didn't fly for like two years. I was just fear. Like it was just fear crippling my body. Hmm. Um, I won't jump out of an airplane with somebody else's parachute. I have fear on that. I kind of fear like if I don't have control, I don't do it. So there are some things that I do fear, but I will tell you today I'm, I'm more open and, 
and and willing to explore and try new things. Like you and I were talking over the weekend, I said, you know, I'm in smack dab in the middle of 75 hard. Um, it's just trying to challenge my body and my mind to push itself to new levels. And you know what my mind quietly says? Mm. Shit, you're going to break your Achilles. You're going to rupture this. You're going to get hurt, right? And so I have to shift from my head to my heart. And I'm like, man, at least I'm having fun doing it. If that's what how it's going to go down, it's going to go down. But I'm having fun. And also you didn't break your Achilles. So you learned that that wasn't a thing. And if you did- No, I did tear it in three places uh, like seven years ago, but I figured out I could get through it. Yeah, I was going to say, and if you did hurt yourself, you learned that you could get through that too. Yeah. People are, people, the people that live in fear, and we all do at some point in our life, the only thing that alleviates fear is education. And the only way to get education for the most part is to do the thing you're afraid of, or at least study it. Um, And it's true. Fear is the one thing that keeps you firmly in place is- is yourself. You are your own best prison warden. And, you know, the, the media right now, for example, is, is playing on that. The media is saying, you know, whatever the media is saying, you're like, I'm turn gonna off the TV. 100%, 100%. Turn off the radio. Because, don't turn off the Listen podcast, to this podcast. Though. That's right. This, this podcast. Come on. I have, I have close to 10 million followers. That's a lie. But if I did, they'd all get a good sound, a good sound bite out of that one right there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, speaking of my followers, we are climbing quite nicely here. Uh, and thank you. Thank you all for being so phenomenal. I thank my guests because they, they, I don't know, I got blessed with beautiful guests. Uh, it's weird having beautiful guests on a radio type show. It's just a, it's one of those things, I guess. Um, but to to break free I'm just from, listening man because i've had a face for radio all my life so i'm just ex- i'm excited about the conversation <laughs> what you don't see ladies and gentlemen is that behind him it's about 42 other pictures of his face so i'm getting a whole load of tony g right now yeah <laughs> this is all from radio this is a whole concept of remind myself what i get to do i get to work with amazing people every single day mm-hmm to remind myself that all of these people have helped get me to where I'm at in life and continue to push me and challenge me. And you walk into my other office, there's about 150 photos. And that just reminds me that my life is built on connections and and it's all about community for me and contribution. And I have to be surrounded by people and things. I, yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, one of the things, one of the biggest shifts for me um, with the sobriety was the misery that came from living for yourself, you know, where am I going to get my next drink? Where am I going to do this? Where am I like, what are we going to do? What's the party tonight? What's this? What's that? What am I going to get out of this to going to, uh, how can I be of service and how can I help? And how can I, how can I create something for somebody else? You know, there's, there's so much, there's so much kindness that comes out of me, for example, that I don't even pay attention to. It's just, it, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. When you start just doing something and start being some way, you naturally start doing other things. And then you get taken aback when somebody says, well, why would you do that? What's in it for you? I'm like, what do you mean? What's in it for me? Just helping is, or, or being there or, or contributing. My life is about contributing. I want to give whatever I can. And people are like, well, people will take advantage of you. I'm like, no, I'm not an idiot. I'm not a sucker. I'm not, I'm not out here just being a bond. You know, but I'm doing what I need to do for me. And what that is, is, is to give and to donate because that, that comes, that is the life. Like when I look at those pictures, you look at all the people that you got to spend time with, right? I look at all the people that you got to contribute to contribute to the two of you came together in each of those pictures for contributions to one another's lives. And that is fascinating. 
that is fascinating. And that, that's, a, that's a give mentality. And that, you know, when you go from a take mentality to a give mentality, you end up with more somehow. Oh, I don't know yeah, how that you works. You want to know the best currency you'll ever have is gratitude. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the currency that'll buy you things that nothing else will. And if you can live in, 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 live in that pure mindset of like, you know, what am I grateful for today? It's like humble yourself like you're at least alive. If you can't find any gratitude in anything else, just so your eyes are open, you can see, you can hear, you can talk, you can walk, you can eat, you can sleep, you got bills, you got things. Like I, I, when I work with people and we get into like deep stuff that's like really straightforward and simple but very complex for their mind to wrap their head around, it's like, man, you got a pulse? There's time. Yeah. I, I see that as well. I see, you know, I see the, when you live in a society that they want you to live in, again, with the television, when you watch the TV and you see them with the fancy cars and the, and the jet setting lifestyle, anyone that watches the real housewives of Beverly Hills, I've knocked that show a thousand times on this podcast. But these are the people that, you know, when you live in that lifestyle and you can say to yourself, I don't have that. I don't have that house. I don't have that lifestyle. I don't have their money. I don't have any of that stuff. I'm depressed. When you look at yourself and you say to yourself, like when anyone listening to this right now that is depressed or suicidal, um, the, the thing that is going on inside your head is scarcity and not good enough. All the negative connotations mm-hmm. that, that are inside you, you know, that are like, I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. Uh, you know, all this sort of stuff. But one thing one thing that needs to be noted is in life, I, I think I've said this before, but you know, it's, you can never say it enough. There is abundance everywhere, everywhere. Abundance is abundant. It's the limitations that we create. We're not, we're not creating abundance. Abundance is everywhere. We're limiting ourselves. We, we create limitations. And when you can get over that and when you can, and I don't, I'm, at no point am I trying to sound condescending obviously either, but it's not like get over it. It's like when you can, when you can look inside yourself and be like, how do I tap into abundance? The world changes, the world changes. And, and since you're observing your world and you're creating your observation, you change the world when you change your mind. And that was long-winded. I'm kind of all over the place on that one, but ah, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Don't, don't stop preach. <laughs> but this is the, see, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, uh, I've wanted to talk about for a long time and I didn't even know that we were going to go in this direction. Uh, I'm happy that we did. And I'm happy that the audience got to hear this. If you tuned in for a conspiracy, sorry about that. You know, this is for, this is for everybody else. Uh, and, and that is, that's one of those things that I, I, I just love. I love that. I mean, one of my greatest achievements and accomplishments is to say that I love myself and it took 37 years to get there, Hmm. you know, and then when you can, when you can propel that and in those 37 years, every single person, well, 99% of the people that knew me would be like, he's got his shit together. He's the guy with the answers. He's the guy you, you chuck, you tack the, he'll make it, he'll figure it out. He'll get it to work. Meanwhile, I'm dying inside, you know, I'm completely alone, surrounded by millions, completely alone. You know, and that's something that everybody goes through. And I'm going to say this again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're having any thoughts, any, any issues, any inklings, anything that you haven't addressed or talked about, you can hit us up. Info at the Mental Mastery Alliance, Adam at the Mental Mastery Alliance. I'm here. The team is here. We will respond. We will talk to you directly. It's not going to be automation. 
if you're having any issues with any of that, you can even reach out to Tony. Tony wants to talk to you as well. That is, that is, that is a huge thing. You have options. There are, there are options everywhere because it's not about just getting through this thing that you're in. It's about creating the life that you want and you can do it because believe it or not, we created this shit. When everything's terrible, we created the terrible. If you don't think you have complete control of your life, we created the shit that we're in. Hey, hey, I could go on for hours about this. What? What? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, what are we running late here? No, well, four forty-two. I did say around forty minutes we would. Uh, I'd, I'd give it a tie-in. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we start the wrap-up, and the wrap-up could last twenty minutes, could last another three hours, but this is where we start the wrap-up. Tony, what else would you want to add to this? Conspiracies are real. Mm, yes, they are. If you think about them. Um, no, you know what? I think, you know, the, the, one of the best things you'll ever do is just start having a conversation with a friend and don't worry about where it goes. Just remember that the most important thing is to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like connection is so important. So many of us need like an outcome before we get involved or do something, right? Like, cause we're all selfish and self-centered pricks. We're all thinking about ourselves 99.9% of the time. And that little minus little thing right there. Um, I'm always about myself, right? It, it doesn't matter. Um, but the idea is if I get out of my head, right, and I shift to my heart and then I get into somebody else's heart, I'm in a much better place because that's ultimately where I found the greatest joy in my life of listening and taking a stand and being present and just like being there for people because, you know, my life has been um, not instant oatmeal nor peaches and cream, something more like, you know, confetti cake, a little bit of everything all mixed together. Right. And one of the, the most interesting things, Adam, for you and for me is you said yes to show up on a webinar. I said yes to show up on a webinar. And long and behold, two minutes into the webinar, you and I are like, hey, you want a podcast? Sure. Cool. <laughs> like so many people in life are like, what's in it for me? Instead of like, let's just go have great times and great connection. And then I was talking about Toronto with you and I'm like, hey, I hadn't been there, but like the last couple of years, I've been five and I anyway, can't wait to come back. And now I got a friend, a new friend in, in Toronto. Like, like, oh yeah, that's what's cool about. There's two ways to live life: stick your hands in your pants and walk around with them all day like that, or stick your hand out and say hi. Hopefully, yeah. you put sanitizer in because you know you don't want to get anybody COVID. But yeah, the like, COVID, the the COVID is. I high five somebody in my neighborhood yesterday, and it was like <laughs> the highlight of my day because I was driving by and he was out there walking with his kids, and I just reached out and gave him a big high five, and he's like, "Thank you, I've been wanting to do that for so long." So you got to remind yourself and your mind. You either are going to do what you want to do or, or you're going to do what somebody else is telling you to do. And that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is interesting when we talk about these connections because, I mean, I make light of it, but you are a relatively big deal. You know, and when I say a relatively big deal, I mean like in your respective fields, you know, you've achieved a lot and episode two or three, we'll get into all the great things that you've achieved and how you got there as well. But what I love about that is, you know, Anyone could be like, oh, why would he talk to me? You know, think about, think about the quote unquote Hollywood celebs, for example, the people that you know, the people that I know, like just random people that, you know, I don't know how I know them or how we got to know them or anything like that. But when you, whenever somebody talks about a celebrity or why would that person talk to me or this person's making millions and billions and why would anyone want to connect with me? There's this, there's this why me, this, this, this moment, if you're just starting podcasting, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we live in a time where you can reach out to anyone you can just for the most part hit anyone up on instagram and they might get back to you and if you do it 200 times 
but probably get back to you. <laughs> no is the hardest word. Um, hard is the, the no is the hardest word to to allow to take control over your mind. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to work really, really hard. So like my, my job is every single day, I try to go out and get no's. Because it means that I'm going to get some yeses along the journey. Like, so I, I got to, I go out every single day. I'm like, all right, what's the craziest person? I, uh, Richard Branson. I want to reach out to Richard Branson. Tony Robbins. I want to reach out to Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. I just reached out to a, a, a gentleman by the name of John Eldridge from Wild at Heart. He wrote a book called Wild at Heart. I've attended a couple of his things and I want to have him on for a panel for one of my podcasts. And I was sitting here, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. He's probably too busy. He doesn't got time for me. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to write him a message. Yeah. And I didn't get a yes yet, but I got two people said, hey, I'm passing it on. Thank you. Passing it on. Right. And the, so that's my goal every single day is like be challenged enough and challenge yourself. You, you know, you should talk a little bit about your journey that you're on day two. And I'm going to challenge you because I think it's really cool when you get um, people to know what you're up to. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Two things. I will talk about that. Um, what I like about this, this statement is, is your, your, uh, by the numbers, relatively a big deal based on opinions of, you know, whatever. So let me, let me give you general the consensus. best news, Adam, you're going to hear all day. Uh, I don't have like news. I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I'm a friend, and a son. That's right. That's about as big deal as I get because everything 100%. else is just a pure blessing. 100%. And, and the greatest thing about being humble is, is uh, what, what comes across as sarcasm. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the, <laughs> I love it. I love it. The greatest, the greatest thing is I, I'm – okay, so like I'm, I'm a small fish. I'm a small fish in a small pond. You know, well, Actually, I'm in a huge pond because of the podcasting. It's, it's – it, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful world to be in. But when people hit me up on Instagram, they're like, I didn't think that you were ever going to get back to me. I didn't think that I'm surprised that you replied to me. And I'm, I'm just a little dude, right? You're a couple steps above me. And then the guys that are above you have guys that are above him. So every guy that you're reaching to talk to is, is trying to reach to talk to somebody else. And there's this thing where people are like, oh, this guy's not going to talk to me. Like, like we've invented a class system and a scale system of who we can and can't talk to. Based no, on I, I, I want to give you something that I got access to. I got access to this, Adam, and I didn't realize it was freaking possible, but I loved it. So a good friend of mine, Jeff J. Hunter, got to ask Gary V, Gary Vanderchuk, a question. Mm-hmm. And it was really, Gary's answer was like perfect. And if you don't know who Gary V is, it's all right. Not everybody does. But the guy has been one of the most consistent people in making videos and podcasting for as long as I can remember. He had something called like wine TV, like just sit down and kind of like share bottles of wine and talk about them way back in the day because they owned a liquor store. And I think it's in New Jersey somewhere, him and his father. Um, and so he, that was his way of advertising. But one of the, the question really came up, he's like, what happens when you appear on somebody's podcast? It doesn't have like a lot of like notoriety. And Gary's like, man, two things are going to happen. One, I'm going to, I'm going to make every guest after I'm on that show be leveled up because like that guy gets to use that. I was on a show. Mm-hmm. Number two is that no matter what happens on that show, I'm going to get a bite or a clip that I'm going to run on all my social media channels and drive traffic to no matter what. Mm-hmm. So when you get a guest to come on, it's like, you can be your neighbor. I mean, one of my wife's best friend asked me to come on his podcast last week. And I said, yes. I'm like, we had a great episode. We just had a great time. Right. Yeah. Like who listened to it? I at least know my mother-in-law listened to it and my wife listened to it. It's like, good. But it was great for him and for me. 
because we had an hour conversation just like you and I are. I have no agenda. I don't need to pitch or sell or share anything other than just how can I love on Adam and help my new friend whatever way I can help him with nothing in return needed. And yeah, guess perfect. what Adam gets? Hopefully something you can hear and you can use and maybe he'll use it as a lead-in or a tie-in to something that he does down the road. But I've just learned a whole hell of a lot about Adam by saying yes to the podcast and then doing a one hour kind of like fun call on a weekend just to kind of just chum around and chat. So it's, it's the quarantine. It's not the weekend. <laughs> just going to put that out there. This is a Wednesday. What day gentlemen. is this? Yeah, exactly. Where are my pants? Um, so <laughs> uh, it's a podcast. I don't need pants. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't need pants. Um, and the guy I was talking about is the underwear entrepreneur. So it's really funny that you're talking like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. You don't wear pants to the underwear entrepreneur show either. That's for damn sure. No. The 75 hard. Now this is something that has come along and ladies and gentlemen, I implore all of you to do it. Uh, I'm actually going to make the 75 hard the image for this because we've it's taken us this was an entire intro into 75 hard nothing to sell nothing to do no nothing just go look at the picture and do what the picture says there's five things and one of them is drinking water i think we can handle this so this is read, read a little bit of a book drink some water and 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 pick any diet you want any diet you want and exercise a little bit two times what's the, what the, what's the diet it's 10 pages a day it's two exercises, 45 minutes a shot. Those exercises, one of them has to be outside. Uh, if it's raining, you're going to get wet. Drink a gallon of water. Stick to a diet. No cheat days. Stick to it for 75 days. It's 75 days. I am on day two. And my diet, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, I'm not even going to pull a punch on this one. My diet was cut out all sugar. That was it. That's my only diet. I didn't do anything other than cut out all diet. I'm not on the Jenny Craig. I'm not on the the... The, what was the Sandy Wexler diet where he's eating all the meat? <laughs> Remember from mm -hmm. back in the day? Well, I love the carnivore diet. <laughs> yeah, the carnivore diet. But it was called something else. Atkins. It was the Atkins diet back in the day where he's just eating bacon. Anyway. I've tried that diet. That, that, you know what? You want to talk about one program that I've always had trouble with? It's food. I really what? probably should have gone into OA back in the day. OA? Overeaters Anonymous? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I'm fat right now. It's quarantine anonymous for Christ's sake. No, I tell, I tell everybody like, you, can you imagine how many people right now um, are in AA, Amazon anonymous? Like they're just showing packages up left and right. Like they, people need to go to meetings for this stuff, right? Like you look at doorsteps of people across America and there's like stuff they don't need showing up at their door. Yeah. Drinking and drinking in Amazon. Um, before I quit, I quit drinking before Amazon was really big. Uh, and I'm thankful for that because I'd have way too much garbage in this house. Um, the eating thing, back to the eating thing though, the, the anonymous part of the eating thing. Man, when I quit everything, I quit everything. Drinking drugs, cigarettes, uh, all kinds of stuff. I also gave up pork. Pork was one of the things that I dropped in my, in my fire sale. And it was the hardest of all of them because I know the drugs are bad. I know the drinking's bad. I know the cigarettes are bad. But it's hard to convince yourself that bacon is bad, even though you can eat so much bacon that you basically give yourself a heart attack. Um, and that's one of those things where the food, the food is the biggest kicker because you're like, oh, it's the one that's not going to hurt me, right? But obesity kills more people than COVID. <laughs> Whoops. So conspiracy. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, 75 hard. You're gonna look into it. You're gonna love it. I'm on day two. Tony's on day 20. Are you on day 20 now? 28. 
day 28. And how many pounds have you lost there? But, you know, you look at these photos for anybody not watching the live video. Um, mm-hmm. I have like literally yo-yoed. I, I have been that guy. Um, so I'm down just about 20 pounds right now. Um, but one of 20 the pounds in 28 days and you have a thin frame. Yeah. I mean, I'm six foot six. I used to be, my high weight was uh, 272. My lowest weight that I remember on record was 192. And I've been everything in between over the last probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I went, I became a vegetarian eight months ago, not because of any other reason than I just wanted a challenge. I like challenges. Mm-hmm. So 75 hard has been just a mental switch for me that I love. I mean, I got up this morning at four 30 and went for a walk with my dog and get a, it took a, a photo of the constellations and the moon was out Saturn, Mars. And like, I'm just looking at shit that i never would pay attention to before. So part of renewing of the mind is doing things you normally wouldn't do because you're stuck in a routine that you probably didn't know you were in. And so I had a blind spot. My blind spot was the snooze button. I could hit that thing. Like I could play a game, like, like it was an arcade game. And now wakes me up and I'm like, all right, let me get up and go. And uh, I got to tell you, man, you, you, the, that goal every day to win the game is get up before your mind stops you. It's true. Cause if you wake up and you're like, Oh, there's a few things I got to get done. And if you've got that phone beside your bed, what's over, you're going to be there forever. But I have FOMO fear of missing out or, or as, as we say in my house, fear of missing Oliver. That's my two year old poodle. So like get up and go with him is so much better than sitting in bed doing nothing. And then letting three hours go by and I let go. That's great. I didn't really get amazing amount of sleep. I'm a little tired. I'm like, crap, now I get out of bed and go to work. This sucks. Right. So now I just get up and go. Yeah. Well, once you're moving, you're moving, right? That's a, that's a, that's a kick. And, and you know, people that, that whole getting up thing, I have this, I don't know. I mean, you hear people like race the sunshine and do this and do that and be up at four and I get up at five and I, I do to me, it's all bullshit. I mean, this is why I say that if you're going to, if you're going to race the sun and you're going to get up at four in the morning, you should go to bed at 10. That's it. Nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, go to bed, get up at four, whatever you want. But you're in Colorado. So you getting up at four is like me going to bed at one. <laughs> Do you know, I've been sleeping for four and a half, five hours a night since I was 18 years old. It's probably not good for you, but it's worked. I've been, I've been crazy when I do that, I get like when I have to work on Indian time and I mean, India, like the programmers, the guys that are out there doing all that stuff. Like when I'm doing that, I get two hours here, two hours there, two hours here. Uh, That shit makes you go crazy, but you know, sure. You get enough sleep in your 24 hour period. I don't know. I don't know. know, Life is just a game and uh, you just got to be willing today to put in a few quarters. I agree. And, uh, and remember at the end of the day, your job is to continue. That's the game. Like it's just to continue. So, you know, make sure you're stocked up on quarters and good deeds and good things that you need to do. And, um, you know, Adam, for me, my time is, is one of the things that I, I, I don't get to get back. Right. So I give it because I know that it's going to do good in the world and I'm going to be better for coming on your show and spending time with you. And, but when I get up in the morning and my wife's sleeping and, uh, my other dogs next to her and I, I and I just, I look because that's all a gift and it all goes back to the beginning of how we started our conversation today. All of those things I didn't want. I wanted all those things to be gone because I was miserable and just so, so far from where I wanted to be. And and then, you know, some 11 years later, 
Um, over 139 months of sobriety has taught me one thing and everything that I wanted to push away was everything that I truly wanted. I was just lying to myself. And when I really got humbled and I got honest, I really just fucking took the guy that was looking at the mirror every day and saying, I don't like that guy. I shifted and said, you know what? I do like that guy. I just need some help. And then the thing that you said, and I wanted to clarify it, cause I think for me, it's my statement that I needed to remind myself of. I'm actually walking beside you today, Adam. I'm not ahead or below you or beside you. Yeah. Like in any other way, I'm walking with you side by side, step by step, as long as you'll have me. Yeah. That's something that I didn't have in my life growing up. I didn't have somebody willing to like mentor me, coach me, be with me. And I have a lot of mentors who are a lot younger than me. And I have mm -hmm. a lot of mentors who are a lot older than me. And I just have a lot of people in my life who are willing to help me because I need help. And that was something that I was afraid of. I, I used to like raise my hand in like preschool, elementary. By junior high, it was less and less. Kids would pick on me by high school. How dare you raise your hand and ask a question because God forbid you said something wrong, the whole school would laugh at you. And so I have flipped a script and said, um, you're actually um, better off asking a question. It's a sign of your greatness, not your weakness. So raise your hand today and ask for something. Just go out and ask for help. The worst someone is going to say is no or not right now. The best thing someone will say is sure when you want to do it. And so yeah. in between there is your head playing a game with you like a windshield wiper going back and forth, back and forth. So man, just put the stuff in the windshield wiper every single day, the cleaner, the fuel, the fluid to make sure that you have a clean view of where you're going get a map out, turn it on, put your navigation in and say, go follow people like Adam. Go follow Adam. Listen to what Adam's saying. Yeah, he's going to have some fun along the way. Haven't you hit a few speed bumps? Keep going forward. That's the name of the game. Don't yeah. sit and do U-turns all day and question and doubt and worry and wonder if it's the fucking right direction. The only direction is the direction you said you wanted to head. And if that's not the direction, it's not too late to change that direction. Coaching, mentoring, Working, reaching out, YouTube, listening to podcasts, instructional videos, taking master classes, reading books, doing things that will better you. But we all have blind spots. And see, the thing I was blinded of is I had a blind spot for a long period of time until one day I actually realized my blind spot was actually shown to me. That's when my friend John gave me a hug and says, your life is meeting and purpose. So John gave me a hug and said one thing. He says, hey, you know, it's not too late. So after we did that, then I realized, well, the blind spot's there. So now I have to make adjustments. I have to look around. I have to ask. He's doing mirror checks. Doing the going. shit that I was doing. Yeah. I think the only way to change things, what's that? The definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome? That's one thing. You know, you get out there and you change and you ask questions. You said, you know, you get out there. You stop being afraid of, stop being afraid of fear. Stop being afraid of fear. I mean, that's, you know, that's a huge thing. Um, I can't thank you enough for the time that you did share with us today. I had a lot of fun and I know you're going to come back. We're going to have you as we get you on there monthly for Christ's sakes. You have a lot to, to contribute and you, uh, you're also humble. Um, you're not going to, uh, pitch your product or anything like that. Uh, so I guess that's a tough luck for my clients uh, or my listeners, except it's not because all of your info is going to be in the links in the description of the episode, just in case anyone wants to work with you by all means, I want to set that up. It's funny too, because one of the things people have said to me is, you know, how come, how come as a coach, you, you push clients to other people? I said, I'm not here to demand people work with me. I'm just here to 
be a voice and, and direct. If somebody wants to work with you, if, if energies are kismet and things work out, everybody should work with everybody. And that's all I can say. And there's no one reason to do anything or any one thing. That scarcity mindset has been driving a wedge between all of us in society mm. for so long. For so long. Um, and that, you know, I will, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident on, on ending it on that note. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's my pizza box mentality. Everybody goes in and grabs their piece of slice of pizza. And then everybody's like, well, you didn't get a piece. I'm like, yeah, but if you ever notice how people throw back what they don't need, that they throw their crust or they leave a topping or something. I said, I scoop all that up. It's half the pie. I've got half of the pie now. Thank you very much. And I got the box so I can take it all with me. That's right. So I tell people like all the time, I love your, men, your, your mindset because it's, it's abundant, right? It's like, hey, look, man, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But I'm here to help you <clears throat> and I'm going to leave the world better than I found it. That's my goal every single day. And that's what you did today to anybody listening. Um, so, yeah, uh, unsolicited advice. Follow the guy, do what he says, and, uh, you know, hire him as a coach if you need a coach. Because if you want to go places, you got to have somebody that's been there before. Couldn't agree with that more. And ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.